Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Nightmare Theater, an open book club for nightmares. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about nightmare disorder. It's something that we touched on when we discussed parasomnias and things of that nature. But it's a bit of a special episode. For the first time, instead of a presentation, I have an interview. Now, this interview is with someone that I met reading her nightmare on Reddit. Her Reddit name, her username is AOS Chaos. Um, and, well, you'll get into more of that when I play the interview. So, I did pre-record this interview, don't be mad. That's just because, you know, it's my first time doing an interview, first of all. Second of all, it's someone that I didn't know from the internet. So, just, you know, to minimize risk, I thought it was best to, you know, pre-record, do it that way. Um, but I think you're going to enjoy it. I, it was really interesting. Uh, I thought my questions were good, although it was my first interview again, so be nice. Anyway, in the future, uh, as I've mentioned, I want to do more interviews, especially of people with some of the parasomnias we've talked about. So I'd like to interview someone with sleep paralysis. I'd like to interview someone with, um, what were the other ones? Night terrors and sleepwalking. So if you have those things, uh, especially in a big dramatic way because it is a show like if you have if you have like a little little bit of sleep paralysis like yeah i'll talk to you but if you you know if you have it like all the time that's that's obviously most interesting so if you know anyone like that or if you have it yourself feel free to reach out and maybe you'll get uh maybe i'll interview you uh it was a lot of fun and yeah without further ado let's get into that oh one other thing so because the interview was a little long it was about 32 minutes um, tonight's episode will be a bit 10, 10 minutes longer, so I'll stop at 10.10 EST. And I know some of you are joining from Europe, so that's going to be very late for you, but best of best of luck with your bedtime there. That's, that's on you. <laughs> All right, without further ado, enjoy this interview. I'm going to start by defining nightmare disorder for the audience. Nightmare disorder, also known as dream anxiety disorder, is a sleep disorder characterized by nightmares so frequent that it's considered a parasomnia. Today's guest is someone whose nightmare I read about a month ago from Reddit. She has nightmare disorder, which affects 4% of the adult population, and she also keeps a dream journal where she recalls her nightmares in incredible detail. I'd like to give a warm welcome to AOS Chaos. Thanks very much for having me, and a good morning from South Africa. Excellent. I recorded it this time. Um, so, right. <laughs> if you had to make a guess, how many nightmares would you say you have per week, month, year, in total? We actually tried to work out an estimate just the other week. During my time of having nightmare disorder, the total racked up to about 14,350. The amount changes with the different phases of your life. I had two a night between ages 3 to 5, three a night from ages 6 to 12. It went back down to one a night between 12 and 18. And then it spiked back up to two a night until I was 21. Then it started to dissipate as I grew older. Um, at, currently, I only have between three to five a week on average. Um, but with age, they become fewer, less memorable, and less vivid. I should note that I am turning 27 this year, so it's just been 24 years of this. 
wow. Uh, I'm I'm 27 myself, but not that that's important. Um, Can you, because you were mentioning that they, uh, you know, at different phases in your life, you'll experience different amounts. Can you sort of pinpoint, oh, that phase of my life was worse than this current one, and so that's why I had more nightmares, or is it completely, does it seem to be random? It does seem to be connected to, you know, the different growth phases. Um, I would say the teenage years were the worst, even though they were less than when I was a child, because I was exposed to media that was a lot more violent. Um, I was struggling with a lot more mature concepts. Interesting. Um, So my dreams would incorporate those. And sorry, again, what age did you say you were when it first began? I was three. Three. And I know we've talked about this previously, but for the audience, can you remember a trigger for the disorder from age three? I know that's a long way back to to recall. Yes, I think since I was so young when I got it, I have very little memory of what happened beforehand or if I ever had dreamless sleep. Um, In general, common triggers for nightmare disorder include PTSD and extremely negative feelings such as fear, anger, anxiety, or sadness. Any one of those or a combination could have possibly triggered it in my case. Uh, We thought we had the answer once. Years ago, my cousin claimed she did a scary satanic ritual with me when I was a baby but um, has, however, since denied all memory of such a claim. So I take it with a grain of salt. Isn't that convenient? Um, <laughs> wow, well, yeah, that's... Yes, it's very convenient. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I have to have a talk with her about that. Um, I talk a lot about... Yeah, well... Sorry. No, it's fine. Oh. Um, since I got it, uh, a series of unfortunate events and traumas did worsen the condition. So it might have started out as something small, but gradually um, it snowballed with everything that happened in my waking life. True. I can I can see that happening. Um, I talk a lot about different themes of nightmares on my show. Uh, do you have any idea, sort of a rough estimate of what percent of your nightmares break down into these categories? And an example of a category would be something like being chased you know, uh, maybe being injured, that type of thing? Or are they all over the place? They do tend to be all over the place, but I did take a look at the um, at the list in the chat and I did break them down into percentages for convenience. Thank Natural you. Natural disasters, ah, not a problem. Natural disasters, I would say about 5%. This isn't something that I struggle with um, often seeing the dead a bit more 10% missing important events and being naked around about 2% injuries more than half so 55% Uh, partner leaving or cheating only about 8% being trapped is a big one 60% I would say Um, falling 3% being chased or attacked about 95% of my dreams have a threatening aspect to it. Drowning, 15%. Dark figures, about 5%. Spiders, not much, less than 1%. Uh, 
Dreams of War, about 22. Um, Silent Screams, 18%. Paralysis, 2%. Death, 99%. I would say there's not many dreams I have that don't feature a death of some kind. Blood, wow. 80%. Being, being the aggressor, 30%. Uh, I only started being the aggressor later in life, I would say from about age 24. And wow. then getting attacked, 40%. And imposter, 30%. And suicide, about 20%. Wow. So I, I kind of want to just, before we you know move on to the next topic, I mm. want to like pick those apart a little bit. So some of the ones that are sure. you know most prominent are death, as you mentioned. Uh, injuries. Mm. Let's start with death, though. So you said suicide is 20%, but of course a suicide nightmare doesn't have to be you. But my question was going to be, for the death nightmares, can you pinpoint sure. who it usually is? Or is that just random as well? Um, usually, especially when I was a young child to a tween, um, I would be the one who died. In my teenage years, it was more a loved one or a person I considered close to me that would die. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm going to ask the same question for injuries then. So, like, is there an injury that you commonly have? Injuries are all over the place. They would encompass over a vast field, like uh, getting burnt, um, getting skinned, getting eaten, getting stabbed, getting shot, drowning or falling, well, just falling in the dream as you run away or, you know, escape injuries. Interesting. Escape injuries. And then I guess that then ties into the being trapped. What's, can you just yeah. like... How are you usually trapped? Because there's a lot of ways you can be trapped in nightmares. Usually it would involve chains. So I would either be in an abandoned warehouse chained to the wall or I would... I've had some bizarre prisons in my dreams. I've been trapped inside a dome on top of a trampoline, which was weird. Wow. Um, Is that yeah, probably... It's, it's, very creative actually <laughs> yeah one of the actually one of my favorite nightmares that i read from reddit to, it wasn't one of yours but it was a guy who was trapped in like the past he he was transported back to his like grade school days and he he was trapped there and i thought that was really interesting but would you say probably your most unique one was the dome on top of the trampoline being trapped no, I actually had a dream of being trapped inside of a glass case and it's slowly filling with water and I ended up drowning in it. Oh my god. That's that's sort of like one of those magician shows, isn't it? Like an escape artist type thing. Definitely. And I had a panel of judges. I was actually going through a trial. Oh wow. Is that is that yeah. from something? And no, I don't think so. No, I feel like I've almost seen that in a movie. It should be a scene in a movie. 
It sounds so so good. Um, yeah, I, I did mention this before to you, but um, just for the sake of the interview, I feel like I've got enough content to re-inspire Hollywood for a long time. <laughs> yeah, with 14,000 or however many it was, I would imagine so. Um, so some... Yeah, I, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, some sleep experts define a nightmare as one that you actually wake up from. So a bad dream, as opposed to a nightmare, a bad dream is basically the same content, but you're not actually waking up from it. So I was curious, how many of your bad dreams slash nightmares are you actually waking up from? Because they're so terrifying. Currently, I wouldn't say many. Um, I'd actually categorize the most of my dreams, or not most of them, about 40 to 60%, I would say, would then be categorized as nightmares if I have to wake up from them from being so terrified. The rest of them would count as weird dreams or anxiety dreams. Um, but yeah, the, I've never really had any good dreams, per se. But to wake up from them, yeah, 40 to 60%. Interesting. And that was one of the questions that I was going to ask about um, if you'd had any good dreams. But for these dreams, uh, even if they're not good or if they're weird, have you ever? do you ever enjoy them? I often... I'm actually often very entertained by them afterwards, um, sometimes years afterwards, and I'm fascinated by them, how they formulated. Uh, an example would be that dome prison trampoline. Mm -hmm. I, I actually <laughs> I dreamt that I was being married off to someone against my will for political alliance at a very <laughs> young prime, prime age of 10. Wow. And I spent every single moment trying to escape this person who, in hindsight, actually just ignored me, save for locking me in the dome built on top of the trampoline. And the name of this person was Matt Damon. Oh, wow. Wait, wait so this is... I didn't... This is sort mm -hmm. of... Sorry. This is an addendum to the trampoline dome. It was Matt Damon who you were being married to for a political alliance? Yes. So oh wow! It's, it's very, that is it's very quite obscure. a dream. Yeah, and I didn't even know who who he was or how he looked like, but I probably just heard the name in passing in my waking life, and my subconscious was like, Psh, "Yes, betroth him." Interesting. Yeah, that is. I can definitely see how that becomes entertaining uh, after the fact. But 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 at the at the time, that wasn't amusing to you, was it? No no child i think wants to be forced to marry against their will fair enough right makes sense um and right and then you mentioned that different periods in your life you'll have different you know amounts of nightmares and the content might be slightly different uh, but do you find that as you've gotten older you handle them better or are they just as terrifying they definitely impact me different than they did when I was growing up um, and like I said I, I got more exposed to vicious and mature 
concepts as I was growing up, so they did worsen at some stage, and I was trapped in this vicious cycle of exhaustion and emotional turmoil in the mornings. Um, sometimes by the end of the day, my brother had to carry me into the house because I functioned on three to five hours sleep a night, and they weren't peaceful. And um, I can remember the ones that occur presently, and the exhaustion factor remains, but it's the intensity and the fear and the turmoil has dissipated as well. And um, I'm handling them better thanks to a lot of therapy. Excellent. Well, that's a good jump off point for one of the questions was whether you'd tried to get therapy for it or tried uh, hypnosis apparently is pretty effective for nightmare disorder. Hypnosis? unfortunately for me didn't do jack squat um the therapy my current therapy is more helping to sort out my waking life which also in turn helps out my sleeping uh, previous attempts from previous attempts from therapy to help the nightmares it did worsen them uh, just due to the methods that they used but uh, i think you also mentioned a lucidity training at some point yeah uh, unfortunately lucidity training never worked for me but um, therapy yes I do have a theory as to why lucidity doesn't work for me um, this is unconfirmed and not based on any research I'll have to ask a professional what they think but uh, I think this is due to the nature of nightmare disorder in which which makes the nightmares occur in non-REM or non-rapid eye movement sleep instead of REM sleep, which is where most people have their dreams. Um, I'm not in a deep sleep when I dream. It's a very, very light sleep. Oh, it's actually not during REM sleep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I did not know that. Um, yeah, that makes sense, though, why you wouldn't be able to be lucid. So you've never been lucid in a nightmare. The most lucid I have gotten in my nightmares is just before the point of death or uh, close to the end of the dream. So um, the, the most control I would have in the dream is to die on purpose to wake up. Interesting. This, this didn't always work though um, when I was younger. If I would die on purpose in a dream, it was sort of a Russian roulette because sometimes it would reboot the dream and get me stuck in this time loop that has a different ending each time. Oh my god, that's not fun. <laughs> um, and that that feeds into something I was going to ask, which was uh, how often do your nightmares recur? Because it does sound like you have quite a plethora of variety. So, you know, how often do these occur, if ever? I don't really have specific recurring dreams. Um, I did have one that repeated once a year in May between ages six and eight, and then never again. I never had a recurring dream after that. Interesting. Do you remember what it was? Yes, I did. Um, would you like me to tell it in detail or just more of a summary? Uh, if you have time, tell it in detail. Sure thing. So it was a dark figure dream. 
I was able to fly around my school fields during break time. The wind was cold, but I liked the combination of sun and winter wind on my face. I would run for a few steps and dive into the air as if I was swimming. And I could just soar higher and higher depending on how, how much I was making the movements of swimming. I heard a scream and I immediately fell to the ground. I saw a shadow on the hockey field slowly step towards some kids. There was one that lay on the ground behind him already dead. Based on the outline of the shadow, he had an old school detective getup on, like long trench coat with an upturned collar, some mud boots and a fedora hat. The only detail I could really make out was his eyes. They were glowing red and they were kind of staticky. He pulled out a whip, which was a bull style with a long, thin strand. He slowly went around and started striking children with it. They dropped like flies on the spot, and even though they all ran away, he never seemed to be far behind, despite a slow pace. My ability to fly was completely gone, and I could barely walk. The closer he got to where I was, the less control I had over my body. I grabbed onto a rail and tried to help myself up, but I felt lightheaded and dizzy. I just ended up crawling. The crack of the whips were ringing all around me and it was like I had turned into stone, unable to move. It felt like a heavy static weighing down on me and pinning me to the ground. Um, I saw the two boots in front of me and a big whoosh. And after that, I woke up. Wow. Can you think of, because you said this happened between ages six to eight, and, it, you know, it, as you mentioned, it's a dark figure, uh, and it seems mm. to be, you know, one-shotting children, as it were. Um, can you think of something that was in your real-world environment at ages six to eight that that could have represented? It was... Personally, I think it was just the anxiety of going to school, you know, between grades one and three, being surrounded by children that I don't really know. I was a shy kid, so I didn't really know how to reach out to them. And I think that anxiety, just being in that environment, sort of triggered it. And uh, the adults there were also really passive when it came to bullying. Hmm. So that might have been something that could have triggered such a nightmare. Interesting. Um, in schools in South Africa, are the teachers still allowed to hit kids or is that not a thing? And no, not unless you go maybe go to a really isolated town with very few people interesting okay yeah because they got rid of that here i'm in canada by the way uh, they got rid of that here like i think 50 years ago or so but i i've heard stories of it but uh, that kind of because the whip kind of reminded me uh, of that possibly anyway so another thing right. i was going to ask is what are if you you know can recall your top three scariest nightmares or even just your scariest nightmare like, like what is the one that stands out where it's like wow you know hmm that's actually a tough one 
had quite a few of them that are a big shock factor. But what I can perhaps do is tell you the ones that have affected me quite a lot when I woke up from them. Okay. Um, I actually had a sort of inception style nightmare where I went into a deeper layer of the dream and then came back to the first layer. That one was actually quite scary for me. So my brother and I, I had this nightmare when I was about 20 years old. So my brother and I were running through these cornfields in the middle of the night. Um, it was very well lit for some reason, but um, I remembered we were running away from an imposter of my mom, and I knew it was an imposter. It was like somebody had was imitating my mom, but they were just this cruel, malicious character. Uh, she wanted to catch us, and I think, yeah, she wanted to cannibalize us. So I was, I had my little brother and we were just running away. And what occurred in my mind was that the only place that was safe to hide was in this imposter's house. As she was out in the fields just chasing us, we were in the middle of nowhere, we had nowhere to go. So we went into the house, it was a little two-story house and it was very tiny and very cluttered. We ran upstairs and I told my brother to rest because we had been running away for hours on end. So I told him to rest and I will keep watch. After a few hours, he woke up and he said, no, I should go to rest now. And when I did, I fell into a deeper layer of sleep where I had another nightmare. And wow. in that nightmare, I was in, I was in, going down a very dark mine shaft, very, very dimly lit. There was a lantern on the floor. I went to go pick up the lantern, and as I did, I was inches away from this rotting corpse standing in front of me. And I remember it laughing, and it slapped me. And as it slapped me, I woke back up into the first layer of the dream, and the imposter was also standing a few inches away from my face. Oh my god. Just, you know, laughing at me. And I felt that I felt that my cheeks were burning, so I ran to the bathroom, which was just a few steps away, and took a look in the mirror and like half of my face was starting to rot off of my uh, off of my skull, basically. And that's the point where I woke up. Wow. Um, when you woke up, like, like within the nightmare, was it like a proper false awakening? Like, did you think that you were waking up in real life type thing? Or, I mean... Yes. I, oh I, I firmly believe that I was, I woke up and that I'm in danger. That is horrifying. Like, you just, that was the reality like that you were waking up into that's so horrifying um wow definitely like, your nightmares I was are so relieved sorry <laughs> sorry no, i was just gonna say no um 
I was very, very relieved, obviously, when I did wake up, but I was also quite shaken because I never had a dream like that before. Yeah. Your nightmares are actually, like, really, really fascinating. Like, it seems like every single one of them is, like, so detailed, and I don't know. It's I feel like I could listen to your nightmares, like, forever. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a question of, uh, does it ever, your nightmare disorder... Does it ever affect your day-to-day -day life or inspire creativity in your work or any of your hobbies? Yes to both of those. Um, I, I go weeks cycling insomnia with a constant barrage of nightmares, but um, eventually it will affect my waking life. I will become a walking zombie and I'm on autopilot. I shut down and then I need a day or two to just recuperate, doing nothing, depriving myself of both things like gaming, movies, anything I would enjoy, and also just working on end. So I would need to kind of just shut down for two days. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, the more creative I am in waking life, the more creative and vivid my nightmares get. And uh, the more nightmares I get, the less I sleep, and the less I sleep, the more productive I am. So it's the spiral of creation and destruction that just loops and loops. Wow. Uh, wow, I'm like at a loss for words. Um, yeah, so you had mentioned to me previously that you also draw some of your nightmares. And I was wondering if I could see some of those drawings. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm currently not at home, so I would have to fetch them and send them through to you, obviously, but um, as you're editing, would you, would that be okay? Yeah. Um, but okay. what motivates you to draw a certain nightmare? This one, to me, is, it's a both a sentimental and rational reason the rational reason would be that it's an outlet to um, just get it out of my system um, it's like if I draw them then they're done they don't affect me anymore I see but the sentimental reason is that I've always felt like I've lived thousands of lives throughout my dreams Mm -hmm. as if I'm this character experiencing alternate realities. It's a bit silly as the lives are horrible, short, and worth much less than my waking life, but drawing them gives them a tangible proof of existence. And to me, that means that they were a story worth telling. Wow. And could you think of one that you're going to send me and maybe describe what it is and what dream it's from or would sure. you have to look through them no I can think of a few from on the top of from the top of my head um, one would be where I was kidnapped forced to see the rape of thousands of girls and forced to not show any emotion or they would be murdered as well and I, I eventually escaped escaped from that situation by cannibalizing one of the um, one of the guards I uh, also had a 
also had an interesting one when I was a turning into a teenager um, where it was actually more of an occultic satanic theme of a dream where I was in an offering room and I had to fight this woman with a horse head with a <laughs> with a scythe. Wow. And and, and what in the drawings like what parts are you actually showing of the dream? I like to show a bit of the the calm before the storm sort of the the run up to the story because then I can recall most of the story so the drawing would maybe be you know a, for example of the first one it would be you with your eyes peeled open rather than you cannibalizing the guard yes okay. it, would, it would rather be it would rather be just me being chained to the wall because in that dream I was right and um not really knowing what's going on, but I would draw the surroundings, the warehouse itself, the how many guards there were, and maybe the first woman on the ground who hasn't gone through anything as traumatic as rape yet. Hmm. Well, those are all the questions that I had. I'm looking forward to seeing those drawings. And thanks again for coming on and talking to me. I feel like the worst part of this interview was me, <laughs> honestly. Like, like, I could listen to you ramble on forever. Uh, and I don't have much of an audience yet, but if you have something that, you know to give a shout out to or a little plug, feel free to do that. Well, um, let's give a shout out to everybody out there living with parasomnia. Good night and good luck. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, I really enjoyed doing it despite my lack of uh, experience. I hope to get more experience. And at the end, uh, uh, we were joking a bit about you'll have to come back on, and she was like, anytime. And I was like, I might hold you to it. Uh, because she really, she said literally, you can pick a year and we can go through some of the highlights for the nightmares of that year. And it's like, wow, like literally like a library of her nightmares almost. That's so impressive. And they're all in such detail. Like I feel like at some point in the future, I'll have to have her on again. But for now, I mean, I have some other presentations planned for future episodes as well as... Um, I want to get through some other parasomnias before I uh, change up my interview types. So yeah, again, if you have sleep paralysis, especially an extreme case of it, uh, if you have night terrors or sleepwalking and you'd like to be interviewed, uh, shout, give me a shout out and I would love to have you on, interview you in that same way. Uh, thank you. Wow, a lot of people really seem to like that in the comments. Um, excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah, so more of that in the future, uh, if I can uh, get that to happen. But now, let's read some nightmares from Reddit, because that's what we do here. We didn't get any um, user submissions this week. In the future, if you'd like me to read your nightmare uh, on stream, you can just send it as an email to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. I'd, uh, I'd love to take a crack at it, interpreting it and analyzing it. But reddit here we go so this is a post by a user named bort bort and the post is titled nightmare disorder which is why i picked it to read for tonight and the post reads 
Hello, I'm new. I've suffered deeply from what I believe to be nightmare disorder since early childhood, just like our guest that we just spoke to. I'm talking the type of vivid dreams that feel like memories. Last night was rough. This was gross and very violent, so trigger warning content, uh, warning for all that. I had four awful nightmares last night. The worst was like watching a horror movie. I had no role. I was just watching from above. Cue up close, a very bloodied female face and deflated looking, busted up nose. She woke up and started whimpering. What's going on? Where am I? But not moving. Someone started flicking her nose, saying, No one knows. Attempting to lighten the mood. <laughs> With a bad pun, over and over until the camera zoomed out. She was in the middle of the woods, surrounded by her friends, and had the majority of her skin removed and laid out next to her. I knew it was a dream, as, of as I often do, so I frantically tried to wake up. It didn't work. When my vision refocused, I was back zoomed in on her face. The same situation happened, but much more graphic. I tried again to wake up, but the same thing happened ag again one more time. The last time, third, was awful. The group of people was actively using scissors to remove large portions of her skin. This made me wake up and feeling terrified and in a cold sweat. I'm sorry it's so disturbing. I have much worse dreams involving people and animals I deeply care about. I don't know how to make the nightmare stop. I used to be much worse when I was younger when I would thrash around and get up and run in my sleep. Now I just wake up in the cold sweats, sometimes screaming once. I've also had anxiety and panic attacks, and I've noticed if I had anxiety before bed, it is worse. Sad that a measure of a good night for me is only waking up once in a cold sweat. I'm not on any medication, and I've never been, I've never seen a specialist about my nightmares. I've seen a specialist for anxiety, but I'm capable of managing it without medication. So, although that's not super detailed on the nightmares, I wanted to read that just, you know, to make the episode more complete uh, on nightmare disorder. So, what's interesting here, I mean, we see the consistency with that it isn't happening in REM. But, uh, and we know that, of course, because they're able to move around. They've described, uh, yeah, thrashing around in their sleep. So that would be more akin to a night terror almost, right? Because it's happening not in REM sleep. Because, of course, as we know, in REM sleep, your motor neurons are shut down by your brain in a process called atonia. So you actually can't move in REM sleep. But unlike the uh, individual I interviewed, unlike AOS Chaos, Bort Bort is lucid in some of their dreams, which is interesting. Uh, as they mentioned, um, often I wake up, sorry, often I'm aware in the dream that it is a dream. Uh, that's not a direct quote. I, I couldn't see it off the top of my head, but I remember that that's what they just said. Uh, now, in terms of analyzing this nightmare, I'm not entirely sure what I would call it. So we can open up the chart. I mean, it's somebody being injured or dismembered, but it's not you. Um, it could be, and it doesn't sound like a loved one, and it doesn't sound like someone who's dead, so 
really I, I don't know is, is the answer, but it could be that you feel guilty for what's happening to this person. Um, it also sounds a bit like, to be honest, a sort of like horror movie or something or a true crime show because it sounds like a girl who's been kidnapped and then is being tortured. Um, now, I don't know if you have a reason to believe that maybe there would be, you know, a true crime type scenario going on in your life, but uh, I'm sure that this is just, as you, you know, as you mentioned, a drop in a sea of nightmares. And if you're, I'm curious to know as well from Bort Bort, if they're anything like our guest in, in terms of they have such an, a broad array of nightmare themes, or whether they're all to do with somebody uh, you know, a woman who's being maimed in some way or other, because that would be interesting. I suspect that they probably have many more types of nightmare themes than just this, but in this one night they had, again, four nightmares of this same similar situation. Let's read another nightmare. This is a post by a user named Sore Wristed. The post is titled trapped in a well. The post reads, There is a well in the garden of a castle. It is very wide, almost ten meters across. It is completely inaccessible one meter below the surface because it is filled in with the statues that used to line the parapets of the castle. Someone has fallen in, and they can't find them, so I'm brought in, because I also fell in once when I was a child and was only found after a couple days when I suddenly drifted to the surface unharmed. There's a circus around the well of tents, fire trucks, rescue workers, and floodlights. I am not welcomed warmly. The drivers are trying to find a way down, and they're not happy with me, because they remember when they were called when I fell in, and they called it a hoax, because they never found a way back, uh, they never found a way down back then. They figured I did it all for attention somehow. One of the drivers is my father. He used to be a driver. But he is just quiet and he can't look at me. I'm given a camera probe attached to a hose, but I refuse the breathing mask that they try to give me. I'm lowered down to the water and dive down, immediately finding a way down through the statues. Once I'm there, there's an eerie green light filtering down from between the statues I passed through, and there's no sound. I know the water is cold, but I'm not cold. I also realize I'm underwater, but I have no trouble holding my breath, almost like I don't have to breathe. There are three ways to go from here. Two side passages that curve way upward, but I know I don't want to go there. The other is what... Uh, the other way is further down. Further down, I come across a side passage. It leads to the lady, but I don't have to go there yet. On the opposite side of the passage, on the underwater wall, there is a small rectangular passage. It is barely enough to push through on my stomach, and it goes on for several meters. I know he's there, because that's where I was. I go through the passage to find myself in a room with a brick, curved brick roof, like old cellars, that is entirely covered with some form of black lichen. The room slopes gently downward and goes on into darkness. I know it goes down for a long while, but I've never been down it. 
Only here, there is an air pocket against the roof. This is where I find him. A teenager that looks like he could have been me. The last time I fell in, he's staring into the dark, and I know what he's looking at. But I couldn't for the life of me describe it to you now. He's wet, but he isn't shivering or cold. He's just floating there, motionless, save for the occasional small movement in order to stay afloat. I stay with him for a while, trying to decide what to do, and the light from the probe and my presence gradually breaks him out of the deep trance he's in. He can't say anything, but we don't need to speak. We can see each other's faces, and we're both familiar with the well. I eventually get him back into the passage. I decide against letting him through the passage ahead of me. Instead, I decide to go through the f first, while I pulled him behind me with a hose. I am afraid he might block the passage, should he change his mind, and I know what's coming behind us. Once we are clear of the passage, we can both swim down the passage towards the lady. We arrive at the bottom of another circular well, like the first one we came through, but this one isn't blocked and light comes through the water surface above. Instead, there's a single statue in the center of the bottom of the well. It's a white marble statue of a lady, with her face and hands upwards towards the surface above, while everything else in the well is covered in lichen and moss. The statue almost isn't. I know the well above surfaces in the old kitchens of the castle, yet no well exists in the castle on the other surface. I know this, but I don't know how. We both float there for a while, just before the entrance to the circular room. Only after a while do I realize that we are still underwater and we need to surface for air. But I also know that no one drowns in this well. Not really. They just never resurface. I look at my companion and he's thinking the same thing. We turn away from the lady and head back towards the first well. When we come to the blockage, we have some trouble finding our way back, but we can follow the hose to find our way back. He goes ahead of me and I follow. When I almost reach the surface, I notice that the hose is stuck. One of the hands of the statues is closed around the hose. The head is closed around it, and there's no way for the hose to have slipped out of, uh, slipped into the hand by itself. The moment I touched the hand, I became acutely aware that the statues are all looking at me. I can see the light reflecting on their eyes. I am not supposed to surface again. I also become aware of the children of the, the well below me, slowly coming up. They're jet black, including their eyes, except the fr their hands and feet, which become green towards the tips of their fingers. I can't see them, but I know they are there, just like I know the lady and the other surface. They have been following us since the small passage. They are coming from passages that curve upwards. I am completely frozen in place. I am panicking and gripped by a deep fear, but I am completely frozen, which is a good thing. Otherwise, I would have probably breathed in water while trying to scream. The statues seem to be closing in on me. I feel a hand on my shoulder, and I woke up bathed in sweat. For the first couple hours after waking up, I seemed to know for an absolute certainty that I was going to find that well one day and I was going uh, to go under the surface and I would never resurface. Even now, three days later, I can't shake the nagging feeling that I'm going to find that well.
I somehow also woke up knowing that the kid I was going down to rescue feels the same way, that his fate is to go back to the well one day. I can also vividly remember that feeling of gripping fear I woke up with. It took a couple of minutes to subside slowly. That's very well written. Um, and before I even open the dream chart, I kind of want to give my tip of the tongue analysis. So this sounds to me sort of like survivor's guilt. I don't know what the circumstance would be, but the fact that there's this place and it's filled with children and you were there once and now you have to go back. You feel like you have to go back. Maybe for their sake. Maybe, but like, I mean, you're the one who went to rescue someone and then you got dragged into it. Uh, again, I don't know anything about this person in real life, but like, I'm trying to imagine scenarios where this could be like, where this could be the case. Maybe, I don't know, like a war-torn country could be Maybe you're in a gang. I mean, I'm kind of thinking of extreme situations, but I mean, like maybe, yeah, like maybe you're you were in a gang, you got out, and then you have a friend who's still in the gang, and you feel like you need to go back for them. Uh, it could be a feeling of maybe being trapped in some sort of mindset of adolescence uh, that maybe you had broken out of, but it's now calling to you again, and you feel that it's inevitable in a certain sense like maybe you feel like maybe it's failure versus success itself maybe you feel like you don't deserve to succeed and you are constantly drawn back towards failure in whatever you're doing that's the general sense that i get from this nightmare now there's a couple other kind of like cheesier elements that i can analyze on the dream chart and um, those would include things like the paralysis and the silent scream, so those are kind of the same thing. Uh, paralysis, being unable to move, means you feel stuck in some situation in real life, or there's something about yourself that you're suppressing. I mean, that's definitely congruent with the feeling of being trapped in general. Uh, and then also the silent scream, you feel helpless or frustrated in some situation, or you feel like you don't have a voice or you aren't being heard in real life. So again, you feel helpless or frustrated, you feel stuck in some situation, and then being trapped itself, of course, means that you feel stuck in some situation. So all of these sort of point to the same direction. Um, now the statues themselves, I don't know what those represent. Um, I wonder if they're similar to dolls in nightmares, but I mean, they also just sort of fit in with the castle imagery of the nightmare in general, and you really seem to have a, a good grasp of castle architecture I don't know, I'm just ba I'm just judging that based on the use of the word parapets which I don't know what that means but it sounds like you know what you're talking about related to castles that's all that's like all I can really get from that um, yeah but it's just a very interesting vibe I, I don't know what the statues would represent or why it's a castle uh, it could be Again, like going with my earlier like childhood analysis, it could be that the statues in the castle represent the past, as does childhood, right? So that's the best I got. I hope that... Uh, and uh, again, maybe there's another little thing to analyze here as well. The fact that uh, one of the divers is your father, who used to be a, a diver, but he's just quiet and can't look at me. That gives me a feeling of like a sense of 
of shame or something and maybe that then also ties into my same analysis of being feeling like you're trapped in childhood in one form or another whether that's a mindset whether that's success versus failure that type of thing anyway that's the best i can do for that hope you got something out of that sore wristed let's read another one any comments doesn't look like it This is a post by a user named SmartOrdinary2176. The post is titled, First Time Having a Night Terror. The post reads, Forgive me, this is basically going to be me venting about a nightmare I had last night, but it really shook me up. My whole life, I've always had very vivid dreams. I've experienced sleep paralysis, I've woken up moaning in the middle of the night several times due to nightmares, and I've always been able to remember many details of each of my dreams. Excuse me. They tend to be extremely detailed, and most of them are very disturbing as well. Last night, I had an experience that I've never had before. I dreamt that my grandpa, who I love very much, was dying right in front of me. He looked so tired and scared and I remember running over to him in the dream and telling him that he was the best granddaddy in the world and that I loved him very much. He looked, up, he looked up at me with sadness in his eyes and told me that he loved me so much and that it was going to be okay. But then he looked up at me and told me something that chilled my bones. He said, I had to tell Satan to go away. I told him, tell Jesus that you want him. He will help you and granddaddy didn't say anything back. He got a very, sorry, yeah, he got a very scared look in his eye and started screaming. I knew that Satan had found him and he was trying to take him away from me. I kept telling granddaddy, call out for Jesus, but he couldn't. He kept screaming and writhing and there was nothing I could do and he died. At this point in my nightmare, I believe I started moaning like I've done several times before. But then, I saw my mom. She didn't know that her dad had died. I looked at her and got a terrible feeling at knowing that she didn't know what I had just experienced and let out a blood-curdling scream. At this point, I wake myself up. My mom is running into my room in real life and says, do you need some water? And sounded very disturbed. I tell her yes and thank you and drink some water and go back to sleep. When I wake up again this morning, the first thing my mom tells me is that was the scariest noise she's ever heard me make. I told her that I had had the worst dream of my entire life. She looked me dead in the eyes and asked who died. She knew. I don't want to have a dream like that again. It was terrible. Well, I mean, let's start with the religious element. I mean, it could just be, you know, it, being a religious person, evidently, if you have a, a concern for the well-being of a loved one in the afterlife, uh, I mean, that could just as easily translate to the real world, for example. So um, it could just be general concern for that person. Um, 
right? Like if you have a dream where your family member is being murdered or something of that nature, uh, it, that's a very easy nightmare to analyze. It's just sort of like you feel fear towards that person and you have a desire to protect them. I think that this, I wouldn't call this any different other than that there's a bit of a religious element to it. Um, it is consistent that you have a night terror if you're also able to vocalize in the night. Um, there was a, something else though that I had in mind. I mean, just the fact that you're seeing... So I could analyze it as a seeing the dead nightmare, even though it's... you're not seeing him actually already dead, you're seeing him dying, the process of that happening, right? So. I think that we could call it a seeing the dead nightmare there in that it's a, there's a sense that you're seeing a person who's alive in real life or at least based on the way this was written I assume your grandfather's still alive in real life um, but this dead person uh, you feel guilty about some aspect of your relationship with that person basically that's that's what I'm trying to get at I, I've been kind of taking the winding road on the way to that point but uh, yeah so the idea is that maybe you need to repair your relationship with your grandfather in some sense. Uh, maybe you just haven't seen him in a while and you feel guilty about that. It doesn't have to be like some big cataclysmic relationship folly that you're perceiving. It could just be, yeah, that you feel like you haven't seen him in a while. Maybe with uh, COVID or whatever. I don't know if he's in long-term care or anything like that, but that could, you know, contribute to it. Or there are I mean, obviously, he's he would be, like, in a high-risk group being an older person, right? So it could be just, like, a sense of, of worry for him in that regard as well. I hope that you got something out of that interpretation. All right. Actually, I'm going to skip that one. Because the appeal of it is a drawing, and I can't really show it. This is a post by a user named Shiko Nero 456 The post is titled The Blood Ocean. The post reads, I normally don't have nightmares. I do very sorry. I do have very vivid intense dreams. However, last night was different. I was trying to escape an island to Victorian Park. I'm not sure if it was set during the Victorian era or not. The park was very run down, but had once seen great days. I was trying to escape with a non-descriptive female. I don't remember her face or anything about her, other than her saying, you have to be considered worthy to cross. I was trying to get to the city across the body of what looked like water at first from the island. Looking down to the water, I could see thousands of corpses, arranged and shaped like a Picasso painting varying ages and species. Somehow, I knew I would have to walk upon the corpses to get to the other side. I could feel the cold, squishy flesh as I started to cross. About halfway to the other side, the water turned into blood and I began to sink. At this point, I could feel the heads of the corpses under my feet. And at this point, I woke up. That was the worst thing I have dreamed about in a while. As stated above, I just typically have dreams that are intense and vivid. Those are pretty easy to dissect, contributing things that come up during the day. I have no idea where this crap came from. Well, let me take a crack at it. Uh, 
again, before I consult the dream chart, and not that I think there is anything really to consult on the dream chart, I feel like this is about... I mean, you're, you're escaping from something, and it seems that you feel guilty about escaping from that thing, or like that you have to put others down in order to do so. Again, not sure. I'm not sure what the Victorian Park might represent. Trying to escape with a non-descriptive female. And you have to be considered worthy to cross. So, I mean, I would say that the female in Jungian interpretation could represent your anima, which means the part of your subconscious that is a guide. So that's the part. So if you're a male, your anima is a female. If you're a female, your anima is a male. And these are things that can appear in dreams. They are rep representatives of your subconscious, and they're supposed to be guiding you in the right direction. So you have to be worthy to cross. I think what this means is like there's a feeling of, of guilt or something for, for whatever reason and you need to prove to the people that you're treading across that you deserve to be stepping over their heads, something like that. Maybe it could be uh, like, a, like a competitive job that you're, you know, what, what, what is it, competing for, yeah. You're competing for something, but you feel guilty maybe about your own talent or your own uh, aptitude, whatever. Like, th that's sort of the sense that I get from this. Now, again, we could look at the dream chart, but the dream chart is often very unhelpful. So, for example, blood. So that just means there's a life change, right? So, like, wh what are we going to do with that? That's not, that's not helping anybody out. Um, and then the fact that, like, you're wading across the corpses at first, and you're getting there, and then eventually everything falls apart. I mean, that definitely represents a feeling within you that you feel unworthy to cross. So you feel like you don't deserve to be stepping over other people in whatever context that may be. You would have a better idea than I do uh, in terms of relating that to your real world. Um, but yeah, I hope you get something out of that analysis. Again, we're going 10 minutes later today just because we had a bit of a longer presentation. This is a post by a user named S-L-S-H-R-R. -R. The post is titled, This is my first time posting here. I have very few dreams that I recall, but the ones I do are generally really bad. Here is the short but very scary dream I had today while napping on my couch. The post reads, The nightmare began with me waking up from sleeping on the couch. Although I wasn't in control of my body, I stood up and walked into my kitchen. I picked up my new kitten, who had a s small, almost human-like paws for some reason, and I took my meat cleaver off the wall and cut them off. I kept thinking, it'll grow back, and then I scooped him up and took him into the bath and put him there. Then I woke up for real and saw him curled up next to me, and I was flooded with relief that I hadn't actually hurt Kitty. Really weird. He didn't bleed in the dream, but it was so bizarre. Um, so my first thought for that one... So first of all, when you have uh, 
you woke up into the dream that's called a false awakening um, so you can there's lots of people that have lots of those and including one of the ones I read in my uh, interview earlier in the video um, but the <laughs> I mean the sense that if I had this dream I would interpret it as a fear of stepping on your pet's feet <laughs> um, so uh, my like childhood dog growing up was a Maltese and sometimes you know he'd be excitedly running after you and you'd accidentally stomp on his foot as you're walking past and then he would yelp and like beg for forgiveness and that always is like the worst feeling in the world right because the dog thinks that you're doing it to him intentionally <laughs> and uh you're not of course but but i mean if you've got a very small animal uh i would definitely have in my subconscious a fear of stepping on them or accidentally hurting them the fact that their hands are human and you keep thinking it'll grow back when you cut it off intentionally now that's that is a little bit more of a twist though that i'm prepared to deal with so you're putting him in the bath it'll grow back i don't know what it i don't know what it means for the cat to have human hands cutting them off uh, I don't know maybe you adopted him and you're cutting him off from his birth family <laughs> something like that I don't know that, that part I don't get but you can hopefully do something with my initial analysis there okay I think we've got time for one more mm, there's a few here there are a lot of short ones that were ranked pretty highly on the sub nightmare subreddit this week um i'm gonna go with this one though it's just it's got a weird vibe to it this is a post by user named ktpb the post is titled horror horse the post reads in the nightmare i was with my mum, who i didn't get along with until i became 18. I still don't trust her, so I already felt uncomfortable in the nightmare. But there was this white horse. It was very short. Its eyes were around 12 inches apart, but they weren't on the side of the horse's head, as if they'd just been stretched out in a straight line. The horse also had no nose, but two nostrils just under its eyes. Two really distorted nostrils. It was just staring at me. We were on this decrepit house, while well, the house was in what looked like a forest, but 99% of the forest was pitch black. We were just waiting to see if it was going to attack us. It was terrifying. Oops. I love that description of the horse. I feel like I've seen something like that in real life, or... Ah, oh, that's so interesting to me. It almost sounds like, like a hammerhead horse. It, it kind of seems like a, an Oblivion character or something from, you know, a video game character creation where you just, you know, I think I've made a character like this before where you just set the eyes like as maximal, maximally far apart as possible. Um, another possibility here is that it actually sounds kind of alien-esque, doesn't it? If you think about it, it sounds like a gray. 
alien, right? Because it's got these sort of large eyes that are spaced apart oddly. It's got just two sort of slits for a nose under its eyes, and it was just watching you. And it's, you know, you're in a forest that's 99.9% pitch black. Maybe that's, you know, what there remained of your memories after it wiped them clean. That sort of thing. Uh, I really like to imagine that things are about aliens sometimes and that you just remember them as weird nightmares. Uh, I don't really know, though. This is... I. Uh, sometimes I pick nightmares that I have no idea how to interpret just because they sound so interesting. Uh, you bothered to mention that you didn't get along with your mom until you were 18 and you still don't trust her. And that it was you and her there watching this thing, which is then... Again, I don't I don't know where how to piece that piece of information into the rest of the nightmare. I mean, maybe maybe there's something that you feel you're bonding with her over. Maybe that's cuz what happened when you were 18 when you started getting along with her? Maybe some horrific thing happened and you started bonding with her over it because it was like a shared negative experience. That could be what this is referring to. And I mean also like the 99.9% forest being pitch black, as well as the creature itself, actually. It just has a very deep feeling of uncertainty. And you're sharing the sense of uncertainty with your mother. So maybe it just is bonding over uncertainty, uh, you know, about the future. I don't know. That's the best I can do. Anyway, that's going to be it for Nightmare Theater this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you enjoyed that interview. I hope to do more interviews in the future. I can't guarantee that there'll be one every week, so I might intersperse with presentations here and there. Uh, I'm glad that you seem to enjoy the interview, though, uh, most of you. And, um, yeah, if you've got nightmares that you'd like me to read next week, feel free to send them to, what is it, theforgottengrove at gmail.com. And hit the like button, uh, subscribe and hit the bell. Uh, more next week, and next Thursday's video is going to be the Sasquatch, I'm pretty sure. It's going to be a wintry, snowy horror story. Haven't written it yet. I write them on Monday nights, or I record them and do all the sound editing on Tuesday nights, and then I do the video on Wednesday, so I'm a busy guy. Anyway, until next time. Embrace the beautiful dark.